Hi, my name is Agile, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon, and I believe you should too. Just go to patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listener, to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I am John. Joining us, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And Mo. Hey, everybody. The backtrack edition of our show is the edition where we pick a single nostalgic topic we remember fondly growing up as a Gen Xer and dig in deep on it. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the one-hit wonders of the 1980s. There was one or two, right? <laughs> there were, man. All of our favorite songs <laughs> from artists we rarely heard from again, maybe. And uh, we're going to dig through those. Before we get into that, though, it is time, as always, to dig into our fourth listener mailbag. But first... Oh, sorry, but wrong first, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth listener email this episode is from T2. Hey, T2. Hey, T2. And for some reason, T2 addressed this to George. Uh-oh. Well, why wouldn't he? <laughs> I am his favorite part of these podcasts. Of course he would. Uh, makes Stands to reason. I get it. <laughs> T2 says, hey, George. First, mm-hmm. tell John the model making company is AMT, not AMC. Did you say AMC so, in the last episode? Apparently I, I did. <laughs> I think they, yeah. <laughs> the TV channel. <laughs> I think they made little like hatchback cars. I don't think they made yeah, models. Right. <laughs> They were probably just as good as models, those little cars. It wouldn't be the first time that I misspoke. So keep calling me out. As Mo guaranteed, if you correct me anytime, you're going to get on the show. So yeah, well yeah. done. Please, <laughs> please. He continues to say, I have been re-listening to some of your back catalog, and I came across episode 23 from June of last year. Wow. wow. In it, George, you mentioned that you won a copy of a board game at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo the previous week. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. You said it was complicated, and you would probably take a while to learn. Now, T2 by the way, caveat, he is a huge board game fan. Just, I mean, manic. Yeah, he goes to conventions for board games. Yeah, Yeah, every week. Yeah. Uh, So he says, it's coming up in a year now. What was the name (laughs) of the game? (laughs) Wait a minute. Is T2 putting me through a looking back, looking forward episode already? Damn it. Wow. It's like an ad hoc. Well done, T2. (laughs) So he asks, what was the name of the game? Did you learn it, play it, and or enjoy it? Inquiring minds want to know. Okay, so uh, the name of the game is drop it drop it and i learned to put it in my cabinet and close the door on my cabinet that's what i've learned so far so you learned to drop it you just yes, completely I dropped it <laughs> we played it the one time my wife and i played it at sfge last year then we ended up winning the game we have not played it since we've talked about bringing it out and playing it but unfortunately other games like uh what's that uh crunchy cereal game that you dropped on us recently oh yeah the the monster crunch or whatever monster crunch yeah yeah yeah, monster crunch that games like that have popped up and you can have more players playing those drop it as a two-player game so we've been playing those because our older sons come over to visit on the weekend because they want to do laundry and get free food (laughs) and we end up playing those five-player type games more than we do the two-player game so we just really haven't picked it back up for that reason so drop it haven't revisited it maybe someday 
Got maybe it. someday. Yeah, maybe there for SFGE this year. We'll take it over there and play it. <laughs> Throw it in the bag. Never know. <laughs> You'll gift it to somebody. He says, keep up the great work. I listen every week on my way to game night. There, oh, you, there go. you go. And I love his salutation. He says, forever fourth listener, T2. Oh, FFL. I told I think that should be the official salutation for every fourth listener email going forward. Right. Forever fourth <laughs> listener. I love it. <laughs> T2, thank you for writing in. We'd love it anytime any of our fourth listeners take the time to drop us an email. If you'd like your email read on the show, hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com and you will go in the queue to get read right here on the show. Yeah, especially if you criticize John. <laughs> that's is that like that's the sure bet. That's the way yeah, you're absolutely gonna get it. you uh, mentioned. Oh, thanks, Mo. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> With that then, let's get into the show right after this. It's original music power, the K-Tel music machine with Manfred Mann. Original stars, Andy Gear. KC and the Sunshine Band. Foreigner, Kiss, Rolls Royce, Silvers, Marvin Gaye, and ABBA. The music makes it play. Peter McCann. It's KTEL's Music Machine. Available at all these fine stores. For this backtrack, gentlemen, we have chosen to talk about the one-hit wonders of the 1980s. Nice. <laughs> As is often the case, we try to kind of make our backtrack topics a little topical. And the week that this backtrack is released here in mid-May is the same week that in 1981, Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes oh, great hit song. the number one on wow. the top 40. It stayed there for nine straight weeks. Jeez. And <laughs> she never hit the top 20 again. That was it. Just one song, a one-hit wonder. Under, oddly enough. Yeah. So, which is not to say that Kim Carnes was not a good musician or she oh, didn't no, have no. other good music and albums. She was very prolific. But so we'll define what a one hit wonder kind of is. So I look it up on Wikipedia. We all will get the feeling it's you do one thing you're known for and that's it. Uh, the Wikipedia article, which I mean, it's the internet, so it's factual. So that's why it I has to be one up, right? <laughs> it must be true. Wikipedia defines a one hit wonder is any entity that achieves mainstream popularity, often for only one piece of work and becomes known among the general public solely for that momentary success. Yeah. I that's think kind of those sad pretty the way well they put that. It. It's momentary success. Like, Well, it is. I know, but that's just kind of rude. I mean, <laughs> she hit number one for nine weeks. That's not momentary. It's just the only thing and that she did. Too, I mean, I think a lot of these songs we're going to talk about, people still know them. Well, we oh, sure. That's yeah. why so we it's not really, So is it right? momentary <laughs> success or is it... It's not a career that you can continue. I mean, I don't know if Kim Carnes is still making money off Betty Davis' eyes or how much she's making. But Well, yeah, the record company's probably made all the money off of the song. They've, they've milked all that out out of it. <laughs> Wikipedia does has a little bit of a caveat. They say the term is most commonly used in regard to music performers, which we are using here, yep. mm-hmm. with only one top 20 hit single that overshadows the rest of their work. Yeah. Okay. okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. That's I'll fair. That one. I like that one better, actually. <laughs> yeah. Definition. You take the momentary success part out and put that part in. I'm okay with it. Okay. So I thought the good way to cover this is I ask each of you to pick your top 10 favorite one hit wonders from the 1980s. Yep. Each of us did that. Yeah. We have a list. We're going to run down that. We have 30 songs to talk about. Woo-hoo. We're going to kick it off with George. What is your number 10 one hit wonder from 1980s? Number 10 on the George one hit wonder top 10, 80, whatever <laughs> list. <laughs> From 1983, the gentleman named after the food item that I just finished eating, Taco, put out a song called Putting on the Ritz. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Putting on the Ritz. 
Oh, man. Definitely remember that one. I remember the video for that one. Yeah, right? The video was a little creepy. Oh, definitely. It was video. It was not film. You could tell just by the sharp edges and the harsh lights yes, and everything, right? right? Yep. I don't know. It kind of was a throwback to the 20s a little bit. There was even some tap dancing music in there a little bit, like where people were tapping during her song. It's the same song he did in Young Frankenstein. Oh, really? <laughs> Putting on Who the bricks. <laughs> well, true, but I mean, that version was a little bit different than Taco's version. Oh, that's a tiny bit, yeah. It was, a, it was an updated version. It was right. definitely a poppy version of Putting on the Ritz, which, yeah. uh, by the way, did not originate in Young Frankenstein, I believe. It came before no, that. No, it was right, yeah. <laughs> Just, The original artist was not Frankenstein's monster, I, I believe. Nor was it Taco, you know, I mean, he was, it was not. barely a condiment at the time, let alone Yeah, the it whole was a great group. MTV staple. That, that video it got was. a lot of was on all the time. The video is what made that song one of these one-hit wonders. I don't think it would have gotten there just on the merits of the musicality of the song on its own. I think the video is what put it over the top. Yeah, for sure. All right, Mo, moving on to you. Your number 10 pick, one-hit wonder, what is it? All right, at number 10, debuted 1980, so I'm really picking the early 80s here, is Funky Town by Lips Inc. Town. That I could was not have a told crazy you song. Who performed that? Lips, lips Ink? Ink. Yeah, it was says, Who's Lips Ink? And you're like, Oh, the ones who did Funky Town. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. The very definition of a one hit wonder Lips Ink. Why that just stuck with me is just that the one is, you know, that was getting like the end of disco, right? The 80s. Yep. The, yeah, the 80s. right. And that was one of those top songs. Like, disco was on its way out, but this song still managed to rise up and become a top hit. It's pretty disco-y. Yeah, I think it it's is a little disco-y. There was that whining, take me down to funky, t- that line in there that the girl screams almost <laughs> at the microphone. How does it go, George? I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me, that's just an iconic song from that time, and I'll never forget it. And I think it's catchy as hell, too. And Lips, with our huge back catalog of other <laughs> hits. <laughs> yeah, they don't have a Lips greatest ink. hits. They have have their best songs <laughs> their greatest hit is a single that the greatest hits album yeah, is one thing much. <laughs> right they should have just been lip incorporated because they didn't just even have lip. a second one just one lip <laughs> all right i'm jumping into my number 10 from oh, 1986 Lord. oran juice jones with the rain Out a song? No, no, no. Not that OJ. <laughs> Not that OJ. Red Juice Jones. The rain. Oh my god. I remember that yeah. one. I saw you and him walking in the rain. Yeah? No, mm, nothing? No, no. I remember this so fondly because it's like the beginning of just kind of like trash talking chit chat rap. So in the middle of the song, <laughs> yeah, so it's all about this guy catching his girlfriend with another guy. I saw you kissing him in the rain. And it's all about how, yeah, I tore up the credit cards. I put all your stuff on the lawn. Yeah, I saw you. I look right in your face. It was basically this guy caught his girlfriend cheating. It was the Eddie Murphy joke. It kind of was. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> was. Wasn't me. It had this middle <laughs> chit-chatty rap section that I always remember being funny because it's this confrontational guy just being self-righteous that he caught her and he was a sugar daddy and now he's taking away all her jewelry and her oh, clothes. Oh, tell me her... somewhere later in your list you have Biz Marquee in here. I can't spoil anything. I'm not going to tell you what's oh, later in the list. You I'm be- so sorry. If you put this song on there, you better have Biz Marquee somewhere in your list. We will see. I think at the end, we have to have the, any honorable mentions or the fourth listener will have to tell us what we missed. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, the fourth listener. I'm sure we'll tell us what we missed. 
just that's going to be an unending sound of emails right there. Right. The four listeners have to write in what How we could missed, you have yeah. not done this one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are a lot to choose from. All right, moving on to number nine. George, back to you. My number nine comes out of 1987, right when I'm in the middle of my high school career. Club Nouveau released a new version of Lean On Me. Lean On Me. original this was just definitely an 80s pop version of that song through and through and because we be gentlemen also we be gentlemen yeah. hey <laughs> right exactly yeah. it's just reggae ska yeah in the middle reggae, of lean we be on jamming me, right? in the middle of lean on me <laughs> yeah it's uh it was funny because i remember like that being the big controversy like here's a remake was it worth it and they would play them back to back and they would do all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff on the radio you know and, people and would, i thought it was worth it too. i really well, enjoyed it, it wasn't song. a copy i'll tell you that it wasn't no. a copy no if you're gonna do a song make it your own there's no way in the world you think that was the original you know that that's that group's song. Club Nouveau took that song and made it their own. That's what you hear when people are on these singing competition shows all the time. If you're going to do Mariah Carey, you better make the song your own. Otherwise, it's going to suck. Well, they That's made Club this Nouveau's song only song. Not right. only their song. That's all they have. <laughs> uh, Mo, number nine for you. What's your pick? Number nine. Okay, so this is going along with my disco theme, which was in 1983. <laughs> it was Let the Music Play by Shannon. Let the music The music play, music you won't play, get away. Yeah. To me, this is like one of the. I think this is one of the last disco songs I remember from that period. Like after this one, I don't think there were any more that came out. But this was still a huge hit. Grew up in New York, especially in the club scene, stuff like that. My brothers would go to, and it was like this song was always on. So, are you still disco dancing in '83, Mo? I I was a little young for that at the time, but I can tell you, my brothers were. <laughs> You're never too young for disco. <laughs> <laughs> John, what was your number nine? My number nine is absolutely I Can't Wait by New Shoes, 1986. (laughs) Wow. I can't wait. Yeah, remember New Shoes? I actually saw New Shoes at grad night at Walt Disney World one year. Oh, I thought you were going to say you saw them at Foot Locker. No, no. I saw new shoes at Foot Locker, but this is in you. <laughs> shoes with a Z. Yeah, totally different. So what other song did they do? Um, I don't know. Nothing I remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially, we're in the crowd, so I saw, that's why I put this on the list, because I remember this song vividly. So we're at grad night, and there's people on the stage. We're like, who is that? Who is that? I remember in my head that they played the first little do 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 of this song and people screaming new shoes new shoes <laughs> because that was the only way you'd ever recognize them and god knows what they ever did after that but mm. that's my number nine new shoes i can't wait i can't wait baby i can't wait syndicate records presents another great ulp funny heavy hits funny original stars sly and the family stone the holly he ain't heavy andy kim Mark Lindsay, alive and kicking. Funny, heavy hits, funny original stars. Only three ninety nine. 
We are well underway. Let's not waste any time and move right along into number eight. George, what is your pick for the number eight one-hit wonder? I've got three for number eight. Wait a minute. You know, wait, hold on. Wait, wait. Wait, I, wait, I call you, shenanigans you can't here. Three? You, no, you, pick you three? understand when you hear the songs. Just trust me. There's a reason. <sighs> oh, okay, them. so these songs came out in 1985, 1986, and 1987 all in a row, and they were Party All the Time by Eddie Murphy. Michael wants to party all the time. Heartbeat by Don Johnson. Respect Yourself by Bruce oh, Willis. Okay. Okay. Right. I see, I see yeah. the theme there. <laughs> okay. Respect yourself. Respect yourself. You can't pick one of those because they're all objectively bad. That's right. I'm so like, I can't pick one of them because I, they suck. Right? But when you think about the I'm an actor, I can put something out there and it'll probably hit the top 20 kind of thing. You have to put all three of them together. They can't be separated. It's like the pieces of an Oreo. You can't have the middle without the two ends. So, you know, although these aren't nearly as good as an Oreo would be right now. I don't think so. Even even yeah, dipped in yeah, milk, yeah. they wouldn't be that good. Eddie Murphy was the first one to do it, and then Don Johnson jumped on board, and Bruce Willis apparently already had kind of like a little band that he had been a part of with his brother or something. It's right? like a garage yeah. band that they say, hey, let's yeah. make a song. And he said, well, if Eddie Murphy and Don Johnson can put out a goddamn song, I guess I might as well go ahead and do one too. Yeah. So Yes, and they were and right. They were it actually it hit the charts. <laughs> they were all fun in their own right. You know, Eddie Murphy sounded like Gumby was singing and Don Johnson <laughs> tried to do this power ballad thing and Bruce Willis was trading off of Moonlighting at the time. So they were never going to be enshrined in the Smithsonian or anything like that. Not in the music. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that's for sure. No, not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame either. Unless there's like a, here's the bad wing that you never want to listen to. Maybe they could get into that. <laughs> Bo, what about your number eight? My number eight is uh, came out in 1986. Six huge party song called C'est La Vie by Robbie Neville. Mm, yep, yep, absolutely good song. in college that song was also one that you heard all the time <laughs> <laughs> that's why you picked it fair enough yep absolutely <laughs> it was a good little song I mean Robbie Neville it was catchy was, yeah it was catchy it was fun it was you know it wasn't you know Lionel Richie dancing on the ceiling good but it was pretty good <laughs> but what is <laughs> like so many of these it's like you find yourself singing along despite yourself like damn it right. I'm singing this song again <laughs> terrible how many of these songs do you think are going to get stuck in people's heads just from listening to this podcast? Oh, this is going to be the biggest earworm episode ever. <laughs> oh, There's no question about every it. single one of these. So, John, what was your earworm number eight? <laughs> number eight for me was 1982. Thomas Dolby's She Blinded Me With Science. Oh, oh awesome yeah. Awesome choice. Good song. <laughs> Awesome video. That's like every geek's favorite song, right? Because it was a geek guy who had this, like in the video, this pretty scientist lady that he was right? chasing yep. around. Oh, <laughs> man. This was awesome. Another one that the video probably uh, propelled the popularity of the song, but 
I don't know what about it. So many of these, like, what is it about a pop song? It's just, it gets in your head and you're like, I want to hear it again. I want to hear it again. Right. And this was still like a junior high for me. And so this was all like junior high band kind of era. Yep. It would always be on the bus and we'd be somebody be playing that on their boom box or something. So that's why it was my number eight <laughs> pick. <laughs> Let's move along to number seven. George, what's your number seven one hit wonder pick? 1987, Alana Miles, Black Velvet. Oh. This was like, yep. you know, just kind of a smooth whiskey kind of song, really. Mm-hmm. It was one that you would expect to hear at a bar or something, and like a country guy and his girl would get in a fight with another guy who was dancing with the girl kind of a song. <laughs> it was just one of those just oozed over you and just had that nice melodic tone yeah. of her voice and everything. I love this song. It was. Now, do you know what Black Velvet's about? I don't even give a shit, really. I don't care what it was about. It was just an awesome song that I just imagined, like, I wanted to be able to, like, I couldn't sing, but I wanted to sing this song to a girl in 1987. I was in high school. Uh-oh. Black Velvet is kind of about Elvis Presley. How often you see Elvis Presley on this black velvet print. Really? It's a little bit about kind of a, a biographical song about him, and now he's immortalized in black velvet. Yeah. Huh. So I wanted to yeah. sing about Elvis to another girl? That's crazy. You didn't okay. even know it. I didn't right. even know it. Yeah. <laughs> you learned something. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> Mo, what about you? All right. So my number seven came out in 1984. Obsession by Animotion. You are That's one of those that was like, the lyrics of that were just too on point. Yeah. Who do you want right. me to be to make you sleep, <laughs> with, sleep me? with me? You're my obsession. <laughs> it's also one of these one-hit wonders that everyone knows the song, but if he said, so who sang it? It'd be like, uh... Because, <laughs> and emotion? Who remembers that? Right. So why did you pick it, Mo? Why was it your number seven? I guess it's one of these songs... I mean, I still hear it on, like, 80s radio today. I mean, it's still a song that's played all the time, and I think my daughter calls it, like, the uh, the weird stalker song, but still. <laughs> it is a weird stalker but it is you're right you know you hear some of the songs this one the lyrics were real strong stalker wise but then you yeah. have the other ones like police you know every breath you take oh yeah that's sure. a huge oh, yeah. stalker song as well but Absolutely. nobody classifies it that way not a one or emotion just gets the short end of the stick <laughs> well it's an emotion for you sorry yeah, yeah, you know. that's how, they wrote the lyrics not me i didn't make the rules sorry <laughs> all right john what you got for number seven? Oh, my number seven i probably hear once a week today. Came out in 1981 by Soft Cell called oh, Tainted Love. Oh yeah. Oh, tainted Love. to say anything once you say soft cell everybody it, that's in the it. world knows. how many songs does soft cell have on the radio yeah. show just everybody the knows <laughs> wait that came out in 81 yeah yep. holy cow i thought it came out after that for some reason well it did get that resurgence in the coneheads movie that's right <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah just singing in the back of the car <laughs> right and, they're and doing everybody the knows like the drum beats you know it's yeah. dated love you know you had everybody that dun dun everybody sings along with that or you right you play drums on the steering wheel because you have to it's it's well, yeah, it's mandatory a, it's by a law. mandatory thing. It's required. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move along into number six. George, what is your pick for number six? Number six, let's just go ahead and everybody get along and let's sing Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin from 1988. <laughs> Don't worry. Be happy. 
I mean, <laughs> how do you have what a bubble gum? Oh my god! Oh, I loved it. But you know, it was one of those songs. Bobby McFerrin, of course, the the master of the human instrument, played all the music on his body with the whole beating of his chest and the beatboxing stuff that he would do. But the mm-hmm. video was so fun. Robin Williams, yeah. Bobby McFerrin, Chevy Chase. and oh, no, that's Chevy the, Chase. Uh, no, it wasn't Chevy Chase. It was this other guy who was a comedic pratfall actor that was also in Robin Williams' Popeye movie. He was the guy who was tripping down trying to grab his hat as he was oh, rolling right. yeah, down yeah. the city. Yeah. It was that same guy. That's where Robin Williams knew him from. What a great song. To this day, everybody loves that song. How can you listen to that song and not be happy? It's just a great just, song. It's possible. Just don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> just don't worry. Be happy. Mo, what about you? Number six. Okay, well, rather than don't worry, be happy, everyone needs to just relax. With Frankie uh, Goes to Hollywood uh, in 1983. Frankie's going to Hollywood, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that from last couple of years of high school. That was, again, that was a song that was just I wasn't even on. in high school yet. It was in your last couple of years of high school. <laughs> yeah, my last couple of years, okay? But yeah, but I just remember that song is just like, it was another one that was just always on. It was yeah, like, it was. The third song was Ricky yeah. Goes to Hollywood. And it, it, was, it was vaguely sexual and suggestive, too, you know, when yeah, you listen to it. Right? You're like, well, what are you talking about, Frankie? And everybody had that shirt. Everybody had the shirt that says, Frankie says relax, right? Yeah, yep. was it, it was the white shirt with black letters or... Or yep. sometimes you would see oh, it the yeah. reverse occasionally where it was the black shirt with the white well, letters. I was all the neon pink and neon green shirts. Everybody mm-hmm. had one of those. It was, I don't know why. That song struck such a nerve. Everybody had a shirt. How many more One Hit Wonders had shirts? I was just on the airplane and I was watching uh, the Adam Sandler movie Wedding Singer. And that song gets referenced in that movie when the two waitresses are talking to the really slimy chef and he's got that shirt on. Totally. It's really <laughs> filthy from the stuff. And he's like, you know what to do. Just relax. Don't do it. <laughs> This heavy Armenian accent. It was really funny. We're going to wrap out this segment with my number six. Love it. 1988 by JJ Fad. Supersonic. Supersonic motivating rhymes are creating. And everybody knows that JJ Fad is devastating. We know you like us, girl, so you better get sterile. Because we are the home chicks that are rocking your world. Supersonic. Is that the <laughs> That's the one I'm like, oh yeah, I know the song. I didn't know who sang that. I couldn't yeah, remember the flight. The life S is for super and the U is for unique. The P is for perfection. And you know that we are freaks. I love this. I don't know why. It sounds like a really bad cheer at a competition or something like cheerleaders are out there and, you know, it's bring it on all over again in 1988 or something. You know, for me, I just remember it fondly because, so if this is 88, this is right as I was graduating high school and junior college, you know, you're going to football games and you're hanging out with people still in high school and this was like if a, if a gang of girls got together and they wanted to dance they put on supersonic by jj fad <laughs> and so you see cheerleaders off the side dancing and screaming and it's just picture you know a bunch of girls having a fun time and this they every single one of them just identified with a song or they thought it was fun or has a great beat i can't you know can't avoid that so that was my pick for number six supersonic <laughs> good one KTEL presents California Sun. 20 great hits. Original stars of the Sun and Sand era. Paul Revere and the Raiders. The Mamas and Papas. Rounding in the Daytona. First class. The Hondell. 
Get California Sun, a great new album. Only $5.99 from KTEL. Tape $6.99. We are halfway through our top 10 list. We've covered 10 through 6. The top 5 is ahead of us. So let's move it right along. George, what is your number 5 pick for One Hit Wonder from the 80s? My number 5 pick is probably the only instrumental hit to make the list. 1985, Harold Faltermeyer, Axel F. The song is great. The song is great. I would never, if, if I was asked that on like Jeopardy for a billion dollars, I would never You could have put that a answer. gun to my head and said, if you don't know who Axel F. Performer is, then just have to shoot me. Yeah. Harold Faltemeyer. Seriously. I mean, we all know Axel F. is in reference to Axel Foley from the Beverly yep. Hills Cop movies, Cop. which were right. super popular at the time in the mid to late 80s. I like this song so much. And the reason why it's number five on my list, this was the first and only song that I learned to play on my Commodore 64 in a little MIDI program. <laughs> oh, you touch the keys, they're instruments? Yeah, exactly. And I learned how to do this song on that. You know, I found something somewhere on some bulletin board system that taught me how to play it, and I learned how to play this song on there. I was so enamored with how well I did with the I'm song. A musician. That I was like, I'm better than Harold <laughs> <I'm a musician>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in high school. I can vividly remember the band director passing out the sheet music for Axel F, and we played mm. it in band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Cool. It's a great song. It, it is. You know, for <laughs> instrumental, it's a repetitive, but it's fun. It's got that great little right. kick and beat to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, Mo, moving along. What's your number five pick? Okay. Probably the only song that was first a hit in German. Uh, 1983, 99 Red Balloons by Nina. 99 Red Balloons floating in the summer sky. Panic bells, it's red alert. There's something here from somewhere else. The war machine springs to life. Opens up one eager eye. Right. 99 oh. Luft Balloons. Not Danny red balloons. Luft balloons. No, the red balloons doesn't count. Has to be Luft balloons. Luft balloons. The reason why this one's on my list is because one, it's just catchy as hell and everyone knows it. And yep. my brother was in the army and he was stationed in Germany and he sent me the German version CD. Oh wow! No, oh, so you had the German version. <laughs> so I first heard the song before it became pop in the U.S. in German. I think I first heard it in German too. I didn't hear the English version at first. I don't think. I don't know which version I heard, but I've always hated it, regardless of what language it's in. I can't stand 99 Red Balloons. Why? I, I just it's nice something. Song. It just rubs me the wrong damn way. How do red balloons rub you the wrong way? You go to hell. I do not want your red balloons. Yeah, I can't stand it. Don't be a hater. stand it. I'm gonna. It was one of those songs that made me feel like I could speak another language. I mean, I couldn't, but I could approximate the sounds in German. Yeah. I just did Falco, Rock Me Amadeus. That's how I spoke at the languages. So since you're done hating on mine, what's your number five? Who said I'm done hating on yours? It might not be. Wow, you're going to keep hating on most? Jeez man harsh okay i'll move on if it's just because you ask nicely mo 1984 mm -hmm. rockwell with somebody's Nobody watching, watching me. me yeah there you go <laughs> Only 
became popular because Michael Jackson was on the refrain. Well, that's not the only reason. No, the publisher, it's the awesome. Motown guy, it's his son. That's who Rockwell is. Seriously? The head of Motown? Yeah. So got lots of airplay. Barry yeah. Gordy. Barry Gordy. Thank Rockwell you. is his son, and that's why he got the song. He had somebody write the song for him. He had the video produced. This was right around the same time of The Last Dragon, if you remember, when Barry Gordy was trying to get into films as well. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he talked Michael Jackson. That's why Michael Jackson is on the backing track for this and not even listed in the song. Really? Because Barry Gordy talked him into it. Yeah. Everyone like, knows that son? he was You got to come though. sing this. Yeah. I didn't know any of that trivia, and still, I just freaking love this song. I mean, it's, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. Like, well, it tells a story, right? It's like paranoia, and uh-huh. you know, people are after me, and it's not just, not in a like red balloons. It's not bullshit <laughs> like that. You're still eating on, on that song. I don't know what about wow. You can tell we're getting into the top of our list because these, for me, these are just awesome songs. So, yeah. Oh, I feel like they're watching me. They're watching me hate on <laughs> Moe's Red Balloons, I guess. Yeah. George, how about your number four? 1983, Peter Schilling, Major Tom. That's all you need to say, really. Major Tom. Jokes, Major Tom. The count goes on. Four, three. one of the best songs ever out there for one hit wonders you talk about a guy who's out in space you talk about storytelling you were saying in the last one yeah exactly I mean, yep. this guy's the story. out in space he's stranded he's marooned he's just calling home people are calling the countdown starts i mean oh yeah, my you're creating God. like drama and suspense in it it's, that, yeah it's, i mean and it's fun to listen to it's a good i was beat 12 too. years old when this song came out and i just remember like holy crap is there really a guy up there in space that's lost oh my god <laughs> well, what do we do we got to go get this guy I mean, relax, little oh. George. It's just a song. It's, it's, <laughs> Poor it's Major just Peter Tom. Schilling. He's just making people cry. Don't worry. <laughs> Mo, what about you for number four? Okay, my number four. I mean, this song is amazingly important, I think, in modern music, even. It was 1980 Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. Mm. I said a hip hop, the hip it, the hip it, did a hip hip hop, you don't stop the rocket to the bang, man. Boogie say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to beat. Now, what you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to the beat. Oh, yeah. The very first wow. rap song credited Let me most say, times, right? I think this showed the industry that hip-hop could make money because up until then, they really didn't do it. And you know, and then you got like people after it, like The Message and you know all the other great songs. But right. this is the yep. one that started off. Now, as a song by itself, it was bubblegum rap. It was rap, okay. really? <laughs> Think about but, that. Well, I mean, I mean, early rap was bubblegum rap. Like, yeah. yeah. Like the Fat Boys and stuff like that, you know? I mean, but, you oh, even yeah. had Blondie doing rap at one point. Yeah, yeah exactly. And how often <laughs> yeah, has exactly. Rapper's Delight Rapture. been sampled in God knows how many other tracks? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. sure. But also rappers, I mean, they had the whole controversy because they used the, the song without permission for the back song. Right, oh, yeah, because they, they, they sampled. Sample, right, right. Yep. yeah. But you know that was done in one take? Really? Yes, I remember yep. that. I saw that Get on out. the MTV huh. thing. No, it was done yeah. in one take. She grabbed the three guys. One guy was like working at a pizza parlor. She's like, you know how to Damn. rap? <laughs> and she, seriously. And she's no, like, okay. That's okay. <laughs> they grabbed stuff, they grabbed the studio, and she's like, okay, let's do it. And they did it in one take. That's crazy. And I mean, in all honesty, if you don't have this song, you don't have the hip-hop or rap movement, I don't think. I mean, this is what started it all off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't argue with you. Sure. Oh, absolutely. How about you, John? What's your number four? My number four is from 1986. A little band that, again, one hit wonder. Never heard of them before. Tim Buck Three. My future's so bright, <laughs> I gotta wear shades. Oh, <laughs> I study nuclear science. I love my classes. I got a crazy teacher. He wears dark glasses. Things are going great. Yeah. 
I love that video. Yes. That video was yeah. awesome. <laughs> this was as I was graduating. It was my last year of high school. I was about to go into college, right? And so it's all about this guy making a future for himself. You know, I studied nuclear science. I love my mm -hmm. classes. I got it crazy. He, things are looking awesome for him. And talk about Don't Worry, Be Happy with Bobby McFerrin. This right. is my Don't Worry, Be Happy. This is the, <laughs> everything's great. Nothing could go wrong on top of the world. It's before I was old enough to realize that's not how the world worked. And so, yeah. <laughs> We have made it most of the way through. We are down to the final top three. Each one of us from our list, just six songs remaining. So uh, as has been tradition throughout the episode, George, we'll kick it off with you. Number three, one hit wonder from the 80s. What do you got? Number three from 1988, Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians, probably one of the best band names ever. What I Am. <laughs> This was just a great song. It was what right at the end of my high school career. That song. Yeah, yeah, just you know, kind of a roll over you like whiskey, like I was talking about the Atlanta Miles song. Very smooth. You know, yep. Very smooth kind of songs. I just loved it. It was right in that time when I was a junior in high school, about to become a senior. So it was just a great song to listen to with your friends. You know, you'd be out at a campfire somewhere maybe or something. Yep. And that song would come on and everybody would just kind of do that whole 70s hippie child dance movement kind of bullshit that you would do <laughs> around a campfire. And easy to sing along with. Super easy. It was, easy. right? Yep. But it, but it was very melodic. I love the song. Like it, mm -hmm. she had some singing chops and I know they did some other stuff, but this was by far the best of their work, I thought. Yep. Mo, what about your number three? My number three came out in 1982 and it's Our House by Madness. Oh, great mm -hmm. song. Our house in the middle of our street. Our house in the middle of our... Our house, it has a crowd. There's always something... Great song. I was an architecture major in college, so any song that had house in it... <laughs> I, it. I wish I was not kidding. where I thought that was going to go. What a superficial reason to like our house. <laughs> oh, it is. I mean, because like, it played like every party we had. Because our house, burning down the house. You know, I mean, any of those. <laughs> the roof. The roof. The roof exactly. is on fire. Yeah, that too. Jesus. It's part of a house. That counts. I mean, I always loved the song. I like the video that they did with it. You know, I never wondered what an architect's party was like, but now I kind of do. Now you know. I kind of want to know what goes on in an architect's party. There's a very eclectic playlist going on at the architect's dreams. <laughs> Extremely. <laughs> oh, so John, how about yours? I, listen, we're clearly getting to the top three. Mine, I still love this song today. Hear it every week or so on the 80s channel. 1982, Flock of Seagulls, I Ran. Mm. 
Yeah, yep. that's a good one. Oh, that's, oh man, that's one of those, you, you can't yep. not sing along, you can't not drum your hand on the steering wheel mm -hmm. when it's coming through. Uh, I think of the Pulp Fiction reference when uh, Sam Jackson tells, hey, flock of seagulls, right. where do you keep the stuff? Because yeah. right? <laughs> he's got the hair like the guy. Another one that was also in A Wedding Singer, when he goes up to the counter at the airport to buy his ticket to Vegas, the okay. airport attendant guy has the flock of seagulls hair, and he's like, do you like flock of seagulls? And Adam Sandler's like, I can tell you do, and then runs off down the freeway because that hairstyle was so crazy. For some reason, I don't know why, I remember that flock of seagulls I remember from Austin Powers. Do you remember he said, like, first, like, well, I'll miss the 70s and the 80s. He's like, the 80s, there was a gas shortage and the flock of seagulls, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you reference the wedding singer a lot. That's another movie I should probably see someday. You ever seen that one? No, I should. I, oh, my God. I've never seen the Wait, wedding oh, singer. Did you say you haven't seen it or you haven't N seen it? Apparently never seen the, the wedding singer. He has not no. seen it, George. Mm -hmm. No. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, Mo, stop talking. I want to hear this clearly. John, have you seen The Wedding Singer? Not as such. Okay, fuck you. You are no longer allowed to be on this podcast. What the hell is wrong with you? How have you not seen these movies? You haven't seen The Goonies. You haven't got around to it. It was 1980s. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You just had 40 I'm, years to hear I've been movie. busy. I didn't get a chance. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, okay, well, now that you're done chastising me, I'm not that you're no, done. I'm not Sure, done. but I'm not I'm done. No. No. We're to the top two, George. Number two, one hit wonder. All right, number two. I'm gonna go slow burn on this one. So 1985, a group named after a color. Kinda. Anybody know? Okay. <laughs> Purple. <laughs> yellow. Without the W. Ah, like mellow uh, yellow. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> So this song was great because obviously it just had the one lyric line in it. Just, oh yeah. And then it was all right. instrumental from there. For, mm -hmm. But it was also in two different hit movies from the same time frame. Now I know everybody knows one of them. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, oh, okay. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is the, the main Ferris one. That's, I, that's the only yeah. one I've What's ever heard What's the other one? There's another one. No, what one else though. is it in? Oh, no. Yeah. Michael J. Fox, <laughs> Secret of My Success. Oh yes, that's right. Oh, when, when the that's when they're right. chasing each other around through the bedrooms and they're ending up like this person's trying to get in that person's bedroom room and they cross paths without seeing each other they're playing that song in that movie as well oh yeah i remember oh yeah now from <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah see, see what i did there see what i did there pretty cool i did see what you did there i mean yeah, I, saw obviously it. I, I saw it too we all saw it john <laughs> everybody saw it <laughs> it was much better in ferris bueller's i think it was a much better use of the song but i loved both those movies so that's why this is the number two song on my list mo what about your number two so my number two came out in 1985 it was voices carry by till tuesday song the whiny, no. bitch, no, like, whiny bitch song <laughs> she was such a whiny bitch she just got no. her head slapped i love amy man i mean it's the only hit she had you know with this group but she is such an amazing musician that she i mean she went off and recorded with other people and did a whole bunch of other stuff after this but for till tuesday the group is the only song they had that was a hit i have to share with you an anecdote about voices carry that you know how like there's the whole like misunderstood lyrics and what did you think you know was what, what were they saying mm -hmm. for my entire life until maybe like two years ago i thought the name of this song was this is scary what <laughs> yes why well, and it makes sense you know she's saying hush why keep it, it down, down. this is scary <laughs> I, was, I thought that's what she was saying oh my and it God. wasn't until i, well, I had the xm radio the goonies 
please and <laughs> wedding singer please and get a clue. I knew God the damn. song. I just didn't understand what she was saying. Oh, you, listen, geez. you just called her a whiny had, bitch I, I and now you're defending her. I've had songs her? like that too. But that for years I thought I knew the lyrics and I knew the song. I just misunderstood the title. That's I'm sorry. <laughs> How do you know the song and misunderstand the title? Because it's scary. <laughs> All right, oh, yeah. What's your number two? My number two is from 1981, and it's a phone number. Oh, yeah. 8675309 by Tommy Tuto. Sure, you didn't get the number wrong. I absolutely know I got the number right. A hundred percent. And I'll tell you why I know because eight six seven five three zero nine factors prominently in many of my internet passwords, so I have to know it correctly. <laughs> well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. If you're trying to get into some it. of John's accounts, I'm just saying it factors in. That's all I'm saying. I still remember the person who had that number in New York, like, was pissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've read articles about people that have that number and have to change their number and get yeah, it to unlisted. Yeah, because they got calls like all the time. Right. Yep. Of course. Talk to Jenny. <laughs> well, it was a good time, and they wanted a good time. Absolutely. Apparently so. <laughs> so. According to Tommy Two-Tone. Oh, name. goodness. All right, gentlemen, we've made it. We're at our oh. number one pick for the top okay. one-hit wonders of the 1980s. So, George, we'll let you kick it off. The number one pick. Well, so my number one is the number one of all number ones for one-hit well, wonders. Uh, I says don't you. Know. Uh, it is. It, yeah. It's just the number one. It's the only one to hit number one about 10 years after it was originally released. So top that hmm. with any of your other number ones. Billy Vera and the Beaters at this moment from 1981. What did you think I would do at this moment when you're standing before me? Tears in your eyes trying to tell Talk about a slow jam. That's another yeah. one. Wow. Yep. Love that song. I still, to this day, I have a jukebox that was given to my family in the early 90s, and I still have the 45 for At This Moment on that jukebox. Nice. Wow, really? You still I have the jukebox, too? I do still have the jukebox. Absolutely. Does it work? Yes. Get out. That's awesome. No, it does. That's yeah, yeah. very cool. I love that thing. Talk about a soulful, just kind of... Mm-hmm. Just like you can just see him just clenching his fists and screaming into the mic, and it's that's a that's an it was awesome like pick. white boys blues at its best. I mean, it came out. It didn't do well when it first came Is that out. A genre? <laughs> it probably should be. Well, it was like uh, what was it in um, that one movie where uh, Henry Winkler calls it blue eyed blues or something like that? But okay, I mean, yeah. it was a great song. It really caught its popularity from Family Ties, and there's an interesting little quip. So Michael J. Fox has said that because he married the woman who played his girlfriend in Family Ties and he said for years after those episodes aired they couldn't walk onto a dance floor without the DJs playing that song as soon as they hit the dance floor in any oh, yeah. bar they were at. I can imagine. Yeah. 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 Because that's one of the iconic scenes of that TV show if anybody remembers. Good Mo, pick. All right, I'll give it to you. with your number one. All right. Okay. This number one not only was a number one became a number one song but was like a number one video forever. Okay. 1985 Take On Me Aha.
My favorite uh, video. Oh, that's I love a great video. video. Yeah, that's a great yeah. video. What was the game? It was in um, Just Cause. I think there's a place in one of the cities in the video game that if you drop into a certain spot, you fall into the take on me like. Oh, like you fall like, into the video, oh, like the yeah. scribbled yeah. art. And you, yeah, you oh, fall into the you kind of walk that around in awesome. it. That's cool. <laughs> but still, though, I mean, as far as the video, I mean, that was like it was funny because a really simple idea, but it was so cool. I think the video might have been better than the song. In that case, that song is pretty damn good. I love the song that song. Good. That's, that's I'm not great. saying it's not, but that yeah. video is outstanding, especially considering what was going on at the time. Yeah, and that many guys can hit that note, man. Let me tell you. No, <laughs> oh <laughs> shit, nobody can. Are you kidding that's me? That's another case of the video really propelling the song, probably. Right. So it probably even better than it would have. I don't know that Freddie Mercury could hit that note. If it wasn't for videos, probably never would have heard of it. Maybe you know? not. And you know, aha, oddly, as a one-hit wonder, they did other great stuff. It just so happened not get a super hit like this one. I mean, they have. Right. Quite a catalog. Yeah, they hit the home run the first time at bat. And they really did. I recently it. heard an unplugged version of Aha with the original band members. Wow. Oh, yeah. Haunting. Unplugged, really? you know, no backing track, you know, just them on stools, one of those kind of sitting in an auditorium. Yeah, yeah. And, man, good stuff. Oh, really cool. good stuff. All right. Okay, we're at the end, man. John, what's your number one? My number one 80s one hit wonder on the, the top 40 countdown of John. This is not a one hit wonder because every song <laughs> from this album was a hit for me. 1980. <laughs> for you. <laughs> for me. Buckter and Garcia, Pac-Man Fever. Because I got Pac-Man. Of course, of now, course John's going to pick Batman Fever. Well, I mean, there be. was also, you know, there was Do the Donkey Kong and Going Berserk and Ode to the Centipede and Defender in Hyperspace. There's lots of good songs on the album. <laughs> all classics. <laughs> all classics that you've all heard. Your own. When have you not been to a dance and you played Froggy's Lament? Right? That sounds like one of those horrible infomercials <laughs> where they're Lament. rolling the stuff across the screen. You get Pac-Man Fever plus Donkey Kong does this and Defender One of the original that. artists. <laughs> yeah, so this was 81. This hit at just the right time. I mean, it's soared up the track because everybody was into arcades. It at hit time. at the it was right huge time because the video game was popular. It's the only reason for the damn song in the first place. But what it else did was a damn fine job. Out? It did a great job of it. <laughs> it, it, was it, it just song. crystallized. It was a great <laughs> no. song. It's oh fantastic. My God. Right, no, I, no, I will I, fight I'm you. Georgia, this one, this song sucked. I mean, come on. I will fight you both. <laughs> Pac-Man Fever is fantastic. <laughs> and you know, they even brought Buckner and Garcia back to do a custom song for the first record round film because they remembered just the sound that they had in the Pac-Man oh, fever in the Lord. 80s. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm not liking Wreck-It Ralph as much. Jesus Christ. That's awful. It's going to be a throwdown this episode is over. <laughs> but between me dissing on the red balloons and you giving Wreck-It Ralph shit, we got to fight. <laughs> I like fight, Mortal fight. Kombat's theme song from the movie better than Pac-Man fever. That's how bad Pac-Man oh, fever is. Blasphemous. Blasphemous, <laughs> sir. Mortal Kombat. KTEL presents Pinball Rock, 20 super hits, 20 superstars, the new seekers. Track tape, 
If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy, plus you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. Whew, okay, the fight is going to be after the show is over, but we have a little <laughs> bit of housekeeping to handle here at the end of the show. Before we leave, I must thank all of our patrons over on patreon.com slash genxgrownup who support us. I'm talking about you, Corey and Stubaka and Will and Steen and Jessica and Marcus and Dana and Slomo and Thomas and Agile and T2. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Yeah, those people make our top 10 list every single week. Every single time. Question. Our Aww. top and no fights. list, actually. They do, every single one of them tied for number one. <laughs> We're all tied for one. If everyone's special, nobody's special. You know how it works. But yes, thank you so much. If you'd like to join this cadre of amazing human beings, you can head over to patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Uh, help us out a little bit. Help us to continue to do what we do here on the podcast, the website, and YouTube. Thank you to them for doing what you do. We will be back in two weeks with another Backtrack, but next week with a regular edition of our show every Thursday, as you know. We hope you will be there for that. But until then, I am John. Mo, thank you so much for being here. Oh, man, always fun. George, you know I appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. And fourth listener, we appreciate you most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? No games, no puns. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. We're also an affiliate of the Geeks Worldwide Radio Network. You can check them out at the GWW.com. You know, another song that's not on our list that this song, I always pair those two songs together for some reason when I want to listen to them, is uh, the Georgia Satellites song um oh what was the name of it shit it's right on the tip of your tongue yeah fuck never mind just <laughs> cut that whole segment i can't fucking remember the name of the shit song but... <laughs> we got our blooper yay <laughs> <laughs> my other uh, favorite song is oh shit what's it called <laughs> keep okay. your hands to yourself that's it oh really what is yeah it? georgia Satellite. i know the song keep your hands oh, to yourself. why, why yeah. do you see it connected to this one i don't know just the the rockabilly <laughs> look of the two guys did. in the videos i don't know why they just oh, oh so like video connection all right yeah they okay. just kind of looked the same and i don't maybe i thought they were the same people or something at the time Got i was it. young you know yep Mo, Mo, what about you? How about you i'm sorry go ahead i like when you do it go ahead george okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, dick. hi this is comedian and writer and let's be honest i do a lot of things this is dean archipotis the host of whiskey business the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. 
You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.